The following podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. This is Liz Barron coming to you from WKNC 88.1 FM, Raleigh, North Carolina State's student-run radio station, and you're listening to Marge Rock, a podcast aimed at celebrating and bringing into focus music created by and for people of marginalized genders and sexualities. On this episode, I interviewed Sidewalk Furniture, a very cool nerd rock band from Raleigh. We talked about what the term femme means to them, the origins of their band name, and the extent to which their merch reaches. Hello, we are back with Marjok, um, and in the studio today, I have Sidewalk Furniture. Um, if y'all would go around and say your name, pronouns, and your role in the band, that'd be great. Uh, Shelby Jones with... Uh, uh, sorry, I was about to do my little elevator speech for work. Um, so uh, Shelby, she, her, um, and I'm the bassist. All right, I'm Shantae, she, her, and I'm the guitarist. I'm Riley, they, them, and I sing. Um, I'm Liliana, and I play the drums. Uh, I use she, her. They, them is fine, just not he, him. Sounds good. Um, okay, so we can just go ahead and jump into the meat of the cast. Um, so how did y'all meet? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I moved to Raleigh in 2013. How close are we supposed to be? These like kind of this close. Like that close? Yeah. Okay. It should, be, pretty, like... it should be directed right at your mouth. Okay. So I moved to Raleigh in 2013 to come here to NC State. And I didn't want to live on campus, and so I got an apartment, and I just, like, couldn't make any friends. Just couldn't. Um, I spent, like, six months with, like, basically no friends, and I was, like, going to events and stuff, and I just wasn't really connecting with anyone, and I was very lonely. And I was like, I guess I need to make an OkCupid to make friends. Um, As one does. (laughs) Like, that was my last, I was like, that was the last thing I could think of to, like, find cool people. So I made an OkCupid. I was, like, in a relationship. I was like, I'm in a relationship. I just really need some friends. And so I sorted, like, I tried to find, like, queer women who are into, like, the same interests as me. And so I'm really into photography. I do portrait photography Mm -hmm. as a hobby. And so I looked up, like, queer women who are into photography. And Shantae came up. And I messaged Shantae. um, And I was like, hey, like, I know this is weird, but I'm just really, like, trying to meet people in Raleigh. Um, Like, and I'm looking for friends. And she was like, well, at least you didn't ask for nudes in the first message. And after that, uh, we were friends. All right, I guess this is where I cut in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, me and Shelby were friends since, I guess, yeah, like, what, sixth grade or something like that. Um, We had formed a band in high school. (laughs) And uh, once we got to college, that kind of, like, dropped off. And by then, by college, I hadn't been playing instruments in, like, a year or so. So by sophomore year, I was really feeling that itch. And uh, when I met Riley, I guess we were friends for maybe like a couple months or something. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their own solo thing. Um, I showed Shelby that I introduced Shelby to Riley. Riley played some of their music. Uh, as I remember, Shelby had just got home from work and she looked very blank in the face. But she later said she really enjoyed what she heard. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> so uh, over time. Over time, I eventually asked Riley, hey, do you want to, like, start a band or something? So, uh, yeah. I think I remember specifically, like, you just, like, kind of, uh, I was just playing ukulele on your couch, and you just, like, sort of did the display arms to Shelby, and when Shelby got home from work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, in this shitty roach-infested apartment we lived in at the time. 
Yeah. Was, that place is horrible. Um, and when we did start, it was uh, mostly just Riley's music. So it was very folk. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit of rock in there, but mostly folk and very like, just country. Mm-hmm. So, um, But we've definitely changed our style since then <laughs> a lot. In the beginning, it was... In the beginning, it was more like uh, it was Riley and the band. We weren't sidewalk furniture yet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, it might be interesting to talk about how our name came about. Well, let's please. talk about how Lily met us. Let's yeah. Try. So, <laughs> um, I was just waiting. Um, so I got I moved to North Carolina um, about a year ago, and uh, I've I've been playing music all my life, and I just. I hadn't in a very in a while, and I hadn't had anybody to play with, and we were closing in on my birthday in January, and I was just like, I just need to play the drums, like I just need to like I just, so I posted on the Queer Exchange, like, can I just play your drum set? Like I just really need, yeah. I'm like really frustrated and angry, and I just need to play the goddamn drums <laughs> to get some of this out. And um, Riley messaged me and was like, hey, come jam with our band. And I like, oh, cool. So I just really wanted to go and play the drums. I had zero intention of like joining a band or anything like that. I just like wanted to play the drums. And um, we played and like they showed me some of their music and like I played their songs. And I was like, this music's pretty cool. I can rock with this. And so... Yeah, they were. I think they were considering like they were looking for a new drummer, and they were considering having someone else join. And they were just like, "Hey, do you want to be our drummer?" Yeah, our previous drummer was Riley. Oh yeah. So so <laughs> for for most of our well, at first we started out as like basically a folk thing, and then we got harder and harder and punker and punker over the years because we've been playing since 2014. It was a very strange era. <laughs> yeah. So we had the what we had figured out was. At the time, about a year ago, Shelby was doing bass, Shante was doing guitar, and I was singing and playing drums at the same time. But as we got harder, like my, and I wasn't a drummer, I'd only been playing drums for like maybe a year and a half, but as we got harder, like aerobically, I could only sing so hard or drum so hard. And I just, there's people who can do it. I'm not saying it's a physical impossibility. I'm saying for me, with like my skills at both, which are like amateur at best, like I just couldn't. I was I thought I was doing okay though, and then Shantae and Shelby sat me down like last fall and oh said, "Riley, God. like yeah. we, we love you, we love you, <laughs> but I really think we should find a drummer. Please don't be offended. I think we should find a different drummer so you can, you know, dedicate yourself fully to singing." They were yeah. nice about it enough, but because, <laughs> <laughs> because if you know Riley, Riley is meant to be a lead, a lead singer. They just have that personality, and I think they can't reach your full potential with a when they have like a full drum set in that's front of them. That's such a nice way of putting it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really so sweet. sweet. Yeah, front, <laughs> person, <laughs> front person mentality. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, that's I don't know if that that I okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's very that's yeah. sure. That's like the sweetest way you could possibly put that. Yes. Yeah. Um I really love that. That's like really nice. But anyway, so so we were thinking about asking a different friend of mine to play, and like she was more of like a jazz drummer, and I don't think she was that excited about being in like a punk nerd rock band. Um, and so Lily Lily came to the first practice, and afterwards, Shantae and Shelby were basically like, "We love her. Can we keep her, <laughs> Riley? Can we keep her? We love her." And I was like, "I guess. I mean, if she's down." And then you were part of the band. Yay! That's a great story. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's um, a very long-winded story. That's what that's what it's all about. Um, did y'all want to talk about like the origins of Sidewalk Furniture, the name at least? Uh, yeah, sure. 
Uh, do you want me to answer that one? Sure. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess in the stage where me and Riley were just friends, um, we had... St- <laughs> As opposed to friends and bandmates. As opposed to friends and bandmates. Yeah, we were just hanging out. Um, we had started out. <laughs> we're just friends, okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, we, had, we had like a bunch of other project ideas, and among those were like starting like a, furni- a, a furniture refurbish sort of company. Um, we would like find... We would find furniture by the dumpster that kind of like spawned from being a college student that was broken, didn't have furniture. So we just find stuff by the dumpster and like clean it up. So uh, we were like, what if we made that into a business and stole and sold stuff at the flea market? Well, um, that failed. We but... did it twice. <laughs> yeah. We made like a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like a video floating on YouTube somewhere. About it's got like 17,000 views. Our first time <laughs> at the flea market. I made a vlog about it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you've never shown me this video. Oh, it's like 20 minutes long. People still comment on it saying like, but like, how do you do your taxes? And I'm like, we did this one time. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my God. But how do you do your taxes? <laughs> anyway, sorry, keep going. So uh, we were like, you know what? We were When we actually got to the band part, we were trying to figure out names. We threw a bunch of things out there. I kind of wish I had this list of things that we had. It's very cringy. Um, and... We were like, why don't we just keep what we were doing? Like, we were an actual business. We were an LLC. (laughs) We were were an LLC. That takes paperwork. (laughs) No, we weren't. We weren't. (laughs) Well, we do this thing called Sawak Furniture, and that sounds like a punk name. So we decided to keep it, and we became Sawak Furniture. It was very folky. I don't think it really fits our sound now, but it's it's become kind of personal. So Yeah. Yeah. What made y'all transition from folk to what you describe your music as? as right now i think i think there was like one specific song that took us there it was either not scared or red shirt you want to tell that story i I, i'm trying to remember because i don't think it happened like it wasn't like a decision we made all at once haven't we been together for like four or five years we started playing at the beginning of 2014 so it's been five and a half years that we've been playing and I think we just evolved. I think that we decided we wanted to be separate from Empty Disco. Yeah, Empty Disco is my like solo project, and it's like very folky country. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know what it was? I figured out what it was. It was when we, it was actually an event here that the two of them were putting on. They used to be like oh. for, um, they used to be like the, the treasurer and vice well, yeah, president. Yeah, the science fiction Fantasy Club, I don't know. That yeah. still exists, but yeah. <laughs> so there's at NC they helped start the science fiction fantasy club at NC State and they were having this event here in Witherspoon actually and they needed musical acts for it and we were like, Okay, let's have our band play at this thing. This is in twenty I think fall of twenty fifteen. And so then we like they were like, Okay, Riley, like write some nerdy songs for this event. And I was like, okay, like, so I wrote this song about Star Trek because I love Star Trek so much. Um, and then we I also think, had a Firefly song, which yeah. is what I wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we had some we had some nerdy songs, and then um, the style of those songs kind of lended themselves better to rock. And I think after that, we like just sort of accidentally ended up being a nerd rock band. The whole thing, we didn't really think it through. It That's wasn't okay. like a choice. Just we kind just, of like a natural progression. We just ended up writing, like wrote like a couple songs for this one event that was supposed to be a one-off thing and then turned out we liked those songs and then ended up being a nerd rock band without really ever choosing that. And then people, 
Yes. And then at the end of shows, people would come to us and be like, yeah, we really love that song that was about Stranger Things, about Star Trek or whatever. And we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we like that style too. So it just became our image. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what does music mean to each one of you on a deeper level? Whoa. <laughs> if you want to well, say well, it. Whoa, man. <laughs> and this is the hard-hitting ones. <laughs> Lily should go first. I feel like Lily has a lot of thoughts on this. Um, uh, music means everything. Um, I've been, I mean, I've been exposed to music since before I was born. My mom was, uh, worked at a radio station in Peoria, Illinois. Um, the, um, the local NPR affiliate there, um, classical music. So I've been listening to, uh, music since I was in the womb. And I've been playing and performing uh, in front of audiences since I was five or six years old. And so I just like music is, uh, you know, till the day I die kind of thing. Um, the longer I go without it, the crazier I get, you know, um, it's just like it's in my blood. I have it's it's a part of my DNA. For me, um, I've also been playing music since I was a kid. My parents did that like kind of a weird class thing like make your kid send your kid to violin lessons once when they're three and just keep doing that um but I really I've always really loved it um I didn't I didn't like I played viola as a kid and I'm so sorry I love the <laughs> no the viola is my favorite instrument it's my one true love All I will right, talk you're a folk person. I will talk on and on and on about how viola is the non-binary instrument Ugh, that's I fair. love Violas. Could you expand on that? The how mon- viola is a non-binary yes, instrument. Yeah, okay, that makes listen. sense. Is it the shape? It's no, the it's it's. Look, listen, it's listen. Everything. everything about the viola yeah. is genderqueer as fuck. Okay, let's talk about it. First of all, it's in that weird middle. It's like the tone. It's like in that weird middle space between like violins and cellos. I'm not saying like violins are feminine, cellos are masculine. I'm saying like it's in the middle. It's like merging. It's like in the middle of these tones. It like is the glue that like holds the orchestra together. It like it just is like solid and like plotting and and provides that like mid range. It's different. Like the music is written in an entirely different clef than every other instrument. It no is. other it's instrument an alto reads clef, in the same clef. Which is the as, original clef. Right. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Alto clef. Oh, I have no idea. Middle line is middle C. Mm-hmm. Original clef. No other instrument reads alto clef anymore. Not even alto saxophones. Oh my god. That's the viola clef. Yep. Violas can play like all different kinds of music. You could play some violin music. You play some cello music. Um, you, there's like a ton of like range and also like everyone forgets about them. No one writes viola music. People don't understand. And it, when they do, people don't understand how to write viola music that's like for the instrument. And yeah. I just identify with that as a non-binary person. I will, I will go on for 20 minutes about this. I'm not yeah, going to. That's a pretty so, solid comparison. <laughs> I'm glad I got the snippet though. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby's you know. looking at me like, okay, Riley. Yeah, but the more you know, <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> but anyway, so I've been playing music since I was a kid. And then um, I started writing song. I started writing poetry as a kid, um, like in elementary school. After we started like reading it for the first time, I started writing it. And then when I was in like the 10th grade or 11th grade, I started like, actual like taking songwriting seriously as seriously as like I took anything um and I just I just write a lot of songs and I and I think for me I really love that like it's not my career it's not how I make money it's just something that I can use to like grow as a person and in self-reflection and also I just love the feeling of when you know a song really well and you can just play it and like turn your brain off 
and I think it's like really meditative. Um, so it's it's like a big self care thing for me. <laughs> I guess it's my turn. Thank you for that in depth answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to follow up on that. <laughs> okay, well for me, I started playing music um, when I was about fourteen. Um, it came from those like those really angsty teenage years. Um, I started playing guitar. I was mostly self-taught. And um, I, if you listen to me now, I don't sound like I've been playing for over 10 years. But um, it's just, for me, music is how I can tap into that creative center of myself. Um, it expresses itself in other ways besides just playing guitar. And sometimes when I play music, within a few days, I'll start doing art. I start writing stuff. And I don't know. It, it starts this roller coaster. So even when I'm just listening to music, it kind of takes my mind to a place where um, I'm kind of just at peace. And yeah, I guess that's just my pretty, I don't know, direct way of saying what music means to me. It's just where I find my happy place, even though it's been like off and on, I suppose. And sometimes you hate it. Yeah, sometimes I hate it. There's like some frustration there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Um, so for me, uh, I, I started around the same time Shantae did. We we wanted. I actually started playing the guitar first, and I realized I really don't particularly like playing the guitar. Um, but I do like you know finding the notes that really fit for a song and being able to create my own little pattern to it. Um, I like being in charge in some in, in the <laughs> backbone um, way, yeah. Um, but so for me, it was really just, I know my dad really likes just, he likes uh, local bands and things like that too. So I knew that like if I had learned some sort of songs that he knew, it would be, it would just be really fun to be able to just show him that stuff. Um, which he's really, really proud of what we've done. He's really excited about all the things that we're going to do. But I guess for music, it's just something that just creating something for me. Um, I don't think I didn't grow up with playing music, uh, but I know that, you know, I just have fun. I think I think that's the big thing. It's not really something just 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 for me. It's the whole group aspect. If I was Mm -hmm. doing it by myself, I wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much. But being able to bring something to you guys and just having fun with it, like, you know, like I have sex with myself. That was very random, but super fun. Oh, that's a song title, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Um, but just having fun with it that way is really, you know, is really great. Um, yeah. There's a couple other songs that I really have a great time with. And then we have more of our serious songs as well. That's been really great. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a showmanship aspect of it that really brings that really like brings it out. Um, like just being able, just being able to show off your music and being on a stage, um, and just telling people about it is really cathartic. Yeah. Shantae yeah. and Shelby are both really shy people, yeah. like very, um, very shy people. And saying I'm in a punk band is like a way to like really start a conversation and make people pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you said what? that in your, in your last job interview, right? Yeah. I mentioned in job interviews and I, I'm pretty sure that's the one thing that got me in my current job. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. Nice plug then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for all those like very open and personal answers. I appreciate it. Um, so shifting gears, I wanted to interview y'all because this podcast is about bringing to light marginalized uh, genders and sexualities. So like before we start, what are your thoughts on that as a whole? I don't know about, um, I don't know as much about the scene here. Um, I'm, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Chicago and most of the bands you'll see there 
are, you know, mostly all cis white men. And that's pretty, I think that's probably pretty typical of most scenes. I was lucky enough in the scene I grew up in, in Peoria, Illinois, we had a bunch of bands that were fronted by women or entirely made up of women. And um, that was really good. Um, Like it never dawned, it like, honestly, like I never really thought that it should be one way or the other. But as you grow up and as you get into the scenes and before I came out and I mean, I wasn't in a lot of bands with um, women or other um, marginalized genders or sexualities that I knew of, I guess. But um, I mean, for me as a trans woman, as a queer person, um, I think it's important to be in the scene and represented. And um, I mean, it's, it's weird, like, it's more important for younger audiences to see people like us making music um, so that they know that they can make music. Like, seeing the bands I saw made me feel very comfortable being up on stage, playing rock music, playing in these scenes, and always feeling accepted by, um, you know, the people around me who I was playing shows with, etc. So um, I think it's just... You know, I think we still got a long way to go, um, but I think I think we're making some progress in terms of uh, representation in mainstream music. There's a lot more non-binary people out there um, for sure, and uh, uh, and and trans women and trans men making making music. Um, Did you see that Sam Smith just came out as non-binary? Yeah, last year. Um, I it doesn't make me like his music better, but I do respect. Like I, I like that. Um, that that yeah. Sam Smith came out. That's good. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? I still don't think Sam Smith should have had the James Bond theme, but I do like that. <laughs> that's a whole it, other I do <laughs> like that the song right. went to a non-binary person. I think that's great for that's the it. world. Yeah. I think I don't know that I believe in representation. Like I, I gotta. That's just not the way I think about that. I'm not sure what. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But when people talk about representation, like we need ex, like representatives from ex people to be famous. I don't. I I feel weird about that because I don't really believe in fame. I think it's like a really capitalist concept. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with Lily. Like seeing people in my local scenes that are like badass queer women just rocking out and being themselves like made me feel like I can do that. There was definitely like a block for me when I, like that's probably why I got really into like folk stuff because there's there's probably part of me on the inside that was like, oh, I want to be like, like do rock, like scream and stuff. But I really felt like I couldn't. It's only been in like the last couple months that I've really been able to start like screaming and like really being aggressive on stage. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. Um literally the last couple months and it's mostly been because Shantae and Shelby like keep like pushing me to do that and like telling me that I can um Shantae came over to my house one time and we like watched YouTube videos about how to scream because we were like trying to do this really hard song and we just like did these vocal exercises together for like a song that we have about Star Wars (laughs) Um, (laughs) we're screaming is necessary we're screaming is is very necessary um kill your local stormtrooper it's called kill your local well it's called hug your local stormtrooper that's a different political conversation. <laughs> but there's a lot of screaming. It's very violent. And, mm-hmm. like, I just don't think that I would have felt empowered to do that if I hadn't seen 
local bands just killing it. Um, and I, I also think that for me it's a little bit different because every band I've ever been in has been full of like queer and trans people um, because for me it's always been like this fun thing I do with my friends. One thing about this band that's interesting is we all are in it for really different reasons. Um, and for me it's like I just like love Shantae and Shelby and now Lily and want to hang out with them all the time and like want to scream. And like that's why I'm in this band. Sometimes it does. Some Hey, <laughs> I have never screamed at you. I don't usually scream when I'm actually mad at people. I just like cry. Um, but <laughs> that's called an inward screaming. An inward screaming? Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's that's my thought about it. I'm really glad it exists. I'm really glad we can be part of it. I'm really glad that we have friends who are doing really cool stuff. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have any thoughts on it? I guess as a cis woman, we don't know what to say. Yeah, that's fair. You're bi. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad for the represent. I'm glad for the representation. Um, I guess it's something I don't think about a lot. It's just really normalized because of the communities that we hang out with, the circles we're in. Pretty much every band we meet is full of queer people. So it's like it's become more of a norm than rather like yeah, this is something we need. It's just like yeah, just there. Which I guess that's is so the point. Wild. Which I guess is a point. It shouldn't be like. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah, I know, but. That's I mean that's just like it's crazy like that. It just didn't. It just didn't used to be like that. Um, I mean I think there were always always probably like queer music scenes, but like just that were like you know queer bands would play with each other, but I think it's a little more. It used to be a bigger deal. So. Yeah, I just it's for a bands like us to. Um, play on a bill with bands that aren't like us is I guess would be is is like that wouldn't have really been possible like you know 15 20 years ago it just mm-hmm. those scenes don't overlap um, too often I don't think so I know you said sorry I didn't mean to cut you off oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead um, I know you said that representation isn't really a thing that you focus on um, in like the music scene, but do you feel as though feminism or activism has a place in music as a whole? Yes. Would you like to elaborate on that? I mean, activism, making political statements has been a part of music forever. Um, even whether intentional or not, um, the music... I I mean that inspires me the most was always political punk rock um even if some of the people making it turned out to be real schmucks uh for other reasons like the you know a lot of the political statements in that like you know um just all the stuff that got made during the Reagan years all the all the stuff that no effects things about when they're not being you know complete idiot assholes all the stuff um you know, just uh, and those are not particularly feminist uh, examples, but um, I think making a statement with your music is um, doesn't have to be the only thing, and it shouldn't be. Sometimes you need to escape from the world, and music is is there for that too. But like making a political statement with music is one of the best ways you can make a political statement. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think I think way more than seeing ourselves as like, oh, we need to be represent we need to be representation, we definitely think a lot about how our politics come across in our music. And 
some of the most interesting political conversations I've ever had have been with these guys because um, we all like have really different backgrounds and really different opinions, just straight up opinions about a lot of political issues. And because we know each other so well and because there's like like a lot of love in the room, we can actually be upfront about how we feel about things and actually disagree about things and really like get to the nitty gritty of disagreements. Yeah. Um, well, hug your local stormtrooper was a very big discussion that we had. Oh, yeah. We talked um, about that for weeks for about weeks. how to approach that. Yeah, because Riley, yeah, it, it's a whole big story. But we do uh, have a couple of songs that we have talked about. We want to make sure we represent it pretty well. We don't want to just put it out there and say we have a song. We want to make sure we understand why we're writing this song, what it means to us, all that stuff. Yeah. And I like that y'all take it seriously. That's something I appreciate about you is like, you know, artists that I work with yeah all right thank you um so getting more down to like a microcosm of your own band does activism and feminism in the same kind of vein of the question have a place in your music I know you've touched upon that a little bit but like more um specifically what are your thoughts on that um I guess I'll start with that one I would say feminism definitely. In fact, I think that's probably what that, that's probably what brought on our draw into punk music. Like it's for us, it seemed impossible to talk about feminist issues without getting angry, without screaming, without shouting. That's how. That's pretty much how we let out our frustrations with what womanhood means in society or what womanhood means to us. Um, our first like actual punk song was "Tits Out." It was about. Not just not just <laughs> hating bras, but just <laughs> but just like wanting to but just like having a I don't a know. Yeah, having a say in it. Just being yourself, being a woman or having having boobs and not feeling yeah. ashamed about it. Because like I mean, I wrote the song and I'm obviously not a woman, but um I like it's so funny because I it's it's actually that's a great example of like how our politics and our music have kind of like cycled through each other and like how that affects our friendship because I stopped wearing bras in like 2014 actually because one of my vertebrae collapsed randomly and it just hurt to wear bras after that but also because I like gained a bunch of weight and then after that just bras just like made me feel like so restricted and like gave me headaches and it was just horrible so I just stopped wearing them I haven't worn a bra in like years and years and years and years um and Riley was actually the first person I met that habitually didn't wear a bra yeah and it and just it, it occurred to me like so wait I don't really have to either. Why do, why do I keep doing this to myself every day? And then like within a year, Shantae and Shelby had both like stopped wearing bras basically because they were just like, oh, I can do that. I guess I will do that. <laughs> the effect you have. Someone, uh, the first time we played that song, um, the first time we played that song like in public, like someone told me afterwards that that she had actually gone in her shirt and taken off her bra during the song. That's fucking awesome. She was just like sick of it. She was that's like, so cool. I that's, really don't have to wear one. That's really awesome. And it's so funny because the whole song is like, it's not, it's not even like the whole, in the song, it's just like, you know, some people say to burn your bra, it's a bitch, I disagree. That just seems like a waste of fuel and oxygen to me. Like, it's just like the whole thing is so stupid. Um, that's very sartorial. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Me neither. What does sartorial mean, Lily? It's a little sarcastic. It is very, it is very sarcastic. The whole, the whole song is basically like some people like them. That's completely fine. I think they're a waste of like fabric. I mean, it's really funny because I didn't really start wearing bras until 2014. 
and that's cool for you. That's really exciting. Well, I don't wear them anymore. Okay, well that's also I can't really find one that fits. Okay, let's do a so let's see. Who is wearing bra right now? Right now, I am not. I'm not. No. So right, none perfect. of us are wearing bras. <laughs> anyway, so that's the, that's that's a, that's us as a band Fuck right a there. Bra. <laughs> Fuck bras. So so stuff like that. Like it's not even like we sat down and we're like we need to make a statement. It's like we just have opinions, and we yell about them. Yeah, and that's feminism <laughs> as a whole. There we go. I mean, that's basically. I mean, that's Riot Girl. Like that's how that started. That's what that is. Yeah, and that's definitely evolved over the years. And like. To the point where it doesn't need to be like the main focus in every song, and but it's just like when we're screaming about it, we're screaming about it. And I love that it's not the main focus of our band or the main yeah, focus true. of every song because like we often get put on these bills that are billed as like all femme band or like all woman like all not woman band or something. And it's like I'm very publicly non-binary, and I don't people will see me and just assume that because I like don't look like a cis dude that you can just put me in this woman bucket with all these other people and like somehow the things that I'm saying and screaming about are the same as the things that like bands full of cis women are screaming about and like we're coming from different places and like that's okay and like we belong in those bills a lot of the time but I think or like we we work with those bills a lot of time but it's just um it's a lot of audience crossover for that but you know, where the songs are coming from and who's singing them is a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for that answer. That was very, uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot just from like meeting y'all. And I'm sorry if uh, coming to you with a femme idea um, with this podcast was like, stepping no, on no, your no, that's fine. Like, I mean, it's, it's not even like, so the context is you had said, hey, I have this femme rock podcast. Like, I know that's kind of femme is a complicated thing i don't have a problem with people identifying as femme or like wanting to have femme scenes or like Riley and lily had a very long discussion we had we oh my god i mean like like that's totally fine it's just like i'm not one like it's it's cool if you are that's amazing i'm really happy for you i think the word gets misused a lot but like i don't really have anything to say about that because i'm not one so and we did have a talk about what femme meant to yeah could you talk about that actually because i feel like i'm i'm not educated at all on what femme actually means the, the, that whole conversation was that femme is such such a broad word like everybody has a different definition yeah, but, for it for sure but it like definitely comes from a place of a relationship dichotomy in uh in uh lesbian relationships um where you have like a butch and a femme and one is like more masculine and one is more typically feminine like that's where that comes from over the years it's definitely like very different and has been stretched to like identify broad uh swaths of trans people mm-hmm. like well, either trans mask or trans femme and so i think as part of that the words have have expanded into their other meanings well, you know i used to i used to think i used to feel kind of similarly about like oh like butchers and femmes and it's like a lesbian word or like a queer women word and then it got like pulled out. I think people have told me a lot about, okay, well, historically, gay men have used the word femme. Like, you know, like it's been a general queer sure. word for a long time. I think that recently, especially as more non-binary people have started like saying like, hey, please don't put me, please don't call me a woman or please don't call me a man. And so people are like, okay, well then what do I call you? And the answer is non-binary um, or whatever the word they want to use for their gender. But... um I think I think that 
I think that the word femme, people people basically are trying to find an umbrella term for gender. They're trying to say, okay, well, like we can't say this is, you know, we prioritize women if we want to prioritize you, Riley, right? Like if, if we want to like, if we want to include you in this or if we want to say all marginalized genders, we can't just say women. We can't, we can't just say, I mean, you could say non-men, but that's kind of like awkward. So people are like, okay, what word can we use? And people kind of decided on femme separate from this whole like as a queer identity people identifying as femme, but like people have started using femme to mean like this catch all umbrella term for like women and non-binary people and trans men sometimes. And I don't like that. And and that's just like, it's weird because all you're doing is trying to recreate a binary. Yeah. yeah. You're basically saying like, okay, well like I want an umbrella term for gender. The whole point is that there isn't an umbrella term for gender to yeah. mean all the people you're trying to say, Okay. you know? Um, it's almost as if you guys were at our last band practice. Cause that was like pretty much word to word. What yeah, we, we talked talk about. about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you know, to me at this point, femme is definitely fashion. It's how it's it's if you are a femme, if you identify as a femme, I expect you to be wearing makeup and like probably some sort of dress or something like that. Not that that's necessary. You can dress wherever you want, but that's sort of I think it's much more. Um, and do you identify as a femme? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I I mean like I like it's it's it takes so much work. Lily, Lily it takes so, just the amount of effort. <laughs> listen, listen, the amount of effort, time and money required to be like femme or fucking high femme, like I don't have the energy for that. If I mm-hmm. had come out when I was 20 and I was in like just a different condition in my life in a lot of ways like yeah i might still be a femme right now i probably would have i mean i've experimented with with femme but yeah, we like, saw all those pictures yesterday they were awesome <laughs> look when i get up i'm really fucking femme and hot and like mm-hmm. whatever that's a thing but it takes so much energy lily showed us pictures of like her from a couple years ago when she still was trying to wear makeup every day and uh no i just they were used shocking. To, i just it wasn't like i was doing it every day it was just whenever i would go out like it, yeah. two years ago i would never gone out like this not mm-hmm. a fucking chance lily yeah. is wearing that a ponytail you had oh well, no yeah, i still wearing ponytail. a hoodie but like i just wouldn't have gone out like i haven't shaved today i didn't mm-hmm. put on makeup like it's just it's it take like my face hurts like i can't do it every day well don't fucking do it well the so but the thing is is like part of that is access like i don't have access here to affordable um solutions like um laser hair removal that shit is expensive here yeah and i when i came from chicago in chicago you can do one session at a time you pay 50 bucks you're done that's not bad that's not bad at all here you have to pay up front like 600 bucks for like um eight six or eight package like it's for the rest of the year that's ridiculous it is ridiculous and it that's part of the issue like i just so I, you know, like, okay, fine. If I can't do all that, like, I can't shave every day. If I have to go out multiple days in a row, like, the third day is going to be rough, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's just, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. And I was a lot more insecure about that two years ago than I am now. Like, today, I just don't, I don't care. I just don't, like, I have so many other things to worry about. <laughs> like, that's just not... But it does, but, it, but part of that is safety. Like, mm-hmm. some, like, I, you... Like, on our way into the building today, a truck oh, drove yeah. by and screamed out Trump 2020. And, like, I could have just been, like, I could have just stayed silent. I was literally, like, there was this moment where I was, like, okay, don't say anything. It's not fucking worth it. And then I snapped. I was, like, fuck you. I just screamed at them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their retort was, uh, suck my balls, he woman. 
And I was just like, this is like right. outside of Witherspoon, like yeah, driving literally. down the street. I'm so sorry, that is horrible. It is, Jesus. but that's the thing. Is so like, part of it, you know, it's a nice reminder of like, oh right, like I, some of this energy, some of that energy to fem up is safety. Like the more mm-hmm. I pass, the safer I am in situations like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a a daily decider. Like, okay, am I like tired? Am I too tired to? be concerned with safety today or like is that just going to be a thing yeah. so i don't know i think yeah going going back to something you said like five minutes ago um i i think some people i don't i really disagree that like femme is like you're wearing makeup and dresses i also disagree with that kind of um to me femme is less of a physical thing it's just in fact for me femme is more of it like a, a general more catch-all term like a I don't know. It's not so much what I see. It's just like the aura that you give off. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Like, um, I could say I, a cis man could feel femme to me. It's like he could be wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's all I have to say on the matter. It, it really isn't about dress and makeup to me. It's just. I think it's about identity. You know? Like, there's people who like. You don't even have to know the word, but there's people who like really feel good in that space. Yeah. Um, and I'm not one of those people. Lily's not one of those people. I don't know that you're one of those people. Do you feel like you're one of those people, Shantae? No, I don't always feel particularly femme. The problem I have with that is that... So, again, I don't don't like it being a personality dichotomy because then that opens, like, I... I don't think it's personality. I think it's an identity. Sure. Um, But that is... Identity is part of your personality like that definitely like i may not be a femme but i'm not like give i i don't i don't like the idea that that would necessarily box me into giving off a masculine aura because that's not i that's not i don't i just don't like it's not a binary We'll be on this. Right, right, right. <laughs> you don't have to be a mask if you don't identify as a femme. I know. You can be whatever but, you want to be. But when you start talking about auras and energies, like that's when, you know, you have ex-girlfriends being like, you always, I can't believe, you know, this is, I, I'm so surprised you came out as a woman. You always gave off such a masculine energy. Like, it's that kind of thing. Like, I don't, I don't think it should be, like, if you're talking about an identity, like, that's not, then you get to like, whatever. I don't. Is know. Is this what you wanted from this question? <laughs> it is. I'm just glad we could keep going. I'm not sure. I just. <laughs> yeah. We just we disagree on this. Like I yeah, get where I fair. get where I y'all are coming Shelby from. Has I just been dying to say something in the conversation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, not really. But um... <laughs> Shelby's like I'm, I'm stepping I'm all the way quiet. back I from this. Just, I'm a person that just kind of listens and just takes every information, all the information everybody's giving me. Um, and like I understand. I know. <laughs> I was mostly just trying to say, you know, that um, I think uh, I think everybody has their own own rights, you know, like own Opinions. thoughts that are pretty. They're they're, they're consistent, um, at least. And um, <laughs> I'm over here just trying to. This is this is how band practice goes sometimes. They'll start yeah. arguing, not arguing, but they'll start talking about this stuff, and I'm just sitting there like just listening and hoping that you know eventually like, can we play <laughs> i mean i'll if, play my bass a little bit yeah hopefully in the background <laughs> if nothing else this should highlight how like femme doesn't really mean one yep. thing anymore yeah 
And uh, yeah, I think that's that literally is the summary right there. Right. I don't think anybody has the right answer. And everybody has their own definitions for words, and we just try to meet in the middle. Again, welcome to our band practice. Yeah, welcome to Cyborg Furniture Practice, (laughs) where we talk about politics for thirty minutes and then play through our set really quickly. Yeah, dude, dude, bands don't do two hours, and then and then we play. That's not, That's not true. That's not true. That's not Most true. When you like you add play... up all the banter and political <laughs> discussions, it's about two hours and then one hour of actually playing. That's absolutely not true, but okay. Still very constructive. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Like, that's what I was trying to say earlier is like, I love that like, it's sometimes you get into like, you know, like leftist circles, people are so fucking afraid of like saying the wrong thing and like being wrong and like having everyone know that they weren't perfect and smart all the time. And like something I love about my band is like they aren't like in that weird hive mind mindset and mm-hmm. they'll just like say what they think and I'll say what I think and we'll just be like, well, fuck you then. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, we don't say, we don't, you know. No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, yeah, but I do agree that we all kind of have our own opinions and when we do talk about them, um, everybody brings up valid points. Mm-hmm. Like so we change like, each we can't say minds. you're completely wrong about this. We'll say, you know, well, this is how I, I've experienced this or know this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, yeah. Because, I mean, we do have different opinions on certain things, mm-hmm. but it's and not. And y'all change my mind about stuff. Yeah. Like y'all like really. You've done the same thing. Yeah. 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 I was going to say that I tend to be pretty opinionated. Me and Shelby are. And uh we just generally have a di- very different mindset than most of the people that Riley hangs out with. So. <laughs> <laughs> all my, like, yeah, all my, like, trans yeah. friends. Yeah, we, we don't have a lot of patience when it comes. <laughs> but we try. Yeah, we try, at least. Yeah. 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 And the feeling's mutual. It's great. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm so glad you took the time to answer that question so meticulously because I feel like I'm very scared of... Um, like saying the wrong thing and like mm-hmm. offending someone and so i i just really appreciate this kind of response i think it doesn't i mean obviously there's some exceptions um and some obvious things to like not say like to not be a rude person mm-hmm. but like i think a lot of time it's never about saying something or being wrong or offending someone it's how you react when someone like says that you hurt them yeah that is that is the the slogan for the week i think the slogan for the week yeah Boy. yeah and if you oh, do be nice song. about it it is? I think so. That is a bang song. I thought it was Don't Touch People. Oh. No, that is Don't Touch People. <laughs> okay, they, they, right. okay, never mind. <laughs> Shelby can Sorry. me. <laughs> they have a song called Don't Touch People? Yeah. I wrote a song called Don't Fucking Touch Me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think that's be... in the song as well. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm kidding. uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of, like, other bands, are there any, like, top bands that y'all are influenced by? Um, so I really love Pie Face Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelby's in love with Pie Face Girls. Yeah, was, I'm very happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we really also really enjoy like well we played with Banks quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, fruit snack. Fruit oh, snack is fruit another snack. good one. Um, well, like we're in, influenced them with them in different ways. Mm-hmm. So like they're our friends. Yeah. Banks was. Banks was probably the hardest band that we knew at the time they were transitioning to punk. So probably our early songs did emulate them a bit with their with our anger and feminism. But we pretty quickly became our own thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their own sound, our own lyrical content. But uh, yeah, they were a big influence at the very beginning because we like we don't really know how to sound punk, and mm-hmm. they were the only band we knew that sounded like that. Yeah, who we like, knew personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a different answer. Um, I'm not from here, and I didn't I didn't know who Bangs was before I joined this band, and I didn't know any of these bands. Um, and it's really funny that 
because like we haven't played like we played a show with Bangs, but Riley and I left before they played, so I never even saw them. I still have not oh, yeah, seen you Bangs had a perform. Or I haven't seen any of these bands. No, you had to drive me home. You had to get up early the next day. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, you didn't want me to call you out like that. No, yeah, no, I had that's a headache. Fine. I had a headache. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just I forgot. There was there was one time when you had a headache and we had to leave, right? Whatever. Probably. I don't know. I, I have to wake up at five sometimes. Um, but that's just job. really funny because like since I've been in the band, we mostly like have played opening spots for touring bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all of whom have been really fucking good, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dover in the Elevators. Oh, uh, Grace Vunderkun. Vunderkun. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Tetchy? Tetchy. Tetchy is so amazing. Tetchy from Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, they're so good. Maggie Denning is... Lily's in love. I'm in love. I'm sorry for calling you out like this. Oh my God. I'm in love with her. She's she, incredible. She talked about her the entire ride home. I drive she Lily around is the whole ride home. Phenomenal. Um, that whole band was really cool. Brooklyn based. Um, but a lot of the stuff I'm used to is all Midwest, pop punk, uh, emo, kind of like... I mean, that's the scene I grew up in. And um, so short of naming bands that don't exist anymore, um, I mean, you know, the drummers I, that influenced me are like... Um, Crunkwitch? Oh, Crunkwitch was awesome. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was a great show for us, but it was an awesome show overall. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't know. My influences are all over the place. Choked up is Choked too. up, yeah. Choked mm-hmm. up. Choked up. And also the Muslims, for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I loved uh, Candy Ambulance. Candy, Candy Ambulance. That was, was good. also really fun. I'm fun glad show. you knew what I was talking about because I said cherry something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I was thinking about them the other day. So yeah, like twelve year friendship here came into play. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, do y'all have any final thoughts on truly anything that we've talked about or not talked about? We have an album coming out. We finished recording. It's being mixed right now. It's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be fucking cool. It's going to be pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, we have some new some merch as bands. well. We made some new merch. We have some stickers. Is there a website they can go to? Sidewalkfurniture.com. All right. And buttons. And we have buttons. Chante <laughs> made buttons. <laughs> buttons, yeah. Like herself. Yeah, they say tits out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the record. I'm so excited for people to hear these recordings. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. And the other thing is we all also have a merch that we've always had, which is branded safer sex items. Yeah. Um, so we have like individually wrapped pairs of nitrile gloves. Yes. Uh, and also condoms with like a sticker on it that says um, safe fun brought to you by Sidewalk Furniture, Raleigh's only nerd rock band. Are they oh all God. flavored? <laughs> no, they're not all flavored. The it's a bunch I of different condoms. The one I had was flavored. It was really good. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you used it. L- Lily was getting laid after a show one time and said, I need a condom and just took one from the box. I ended up not getting laid that night, but um, we did. The condom, the condom was used she in just the ate future. It. Okay. <laughs> I'm, thank you. I'm really glad. It's effective. That's yeah. all. Yeah. It tastes yeah. good. Great. Yeah. It's good. I'm just. Thing. I mean, I and personally we have, use we have our stickers other as well. We do, have <laughs> and we have stickers. We have new stickers. They're really oh, I'm cool. Really excited about oh my yeah. god! Mm-hmm. So they're very they're Halloween like vampire things. Kind of, so. Yeah, we have we have, and then we we're Spooky. gonna do t-shirts soon. Yeah, I believe I'd use one of the gloves after a show as well. They're very effective. Yeah, I use, yeah, I use one of the gloves after a show as well, and they're effective. Uh, they're really nice. <laughs> they're really nice of, gloves. I've used a lot of different gloves in my life, and like the ones that we have are the nicest gloves that I have ever used. 
Mm-hmm. I will check them out then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot about the gloves. <laughs> there must be something. We got them? Yeah. You just listened to an interview of Sidewalk Furniture. If you're interested in listening to more content like this, go to wknc.org forward slash podcasts. I'm Liz Barron, and thanks for listening.
Thank you.